Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. We are back after a bit of a hiatus as the football season is on the horizon. We'll start doing these more regularly to help get readers and get fans uh, excited for the season. For those who want to read more, be sure to check out our stories over at the michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. And speaking of stories, this episode is going to be centered around a series that I always like to do every summer. And I I know Steve uh, enjoys the voting and the fans enjoy the voting too, but I do a countdown of Michigan's 25 most important players. It's always, I mean, I think we've done six or seven renditions of this and it's always a, an interesting way to look at the season because it's not just a ranking of the best players or the, the most proven players. It's, it's also factoring in, you know, established roles, but also breakout potential and then also kind of taking a peek at positional need. Uh, so we counted them out or counted them down throughout June and, and the early part of July. I don't think this, there was much surprise at the top, uh, but we have some other things to discuss. We're going to talk about you know the, the debate at number three, because there was one. Uh, we can talk about the players Steve and I are higher on than the overall ballot. Uh, we'll talk about a few players we think fans might be sleeping on. And then we'll also take a peek at players who did not rank in the top 25, but have either the potential or the opportunity to become that important by the end of the season. So it, it's going to be interesting. And and Steve, I guess to start, we can give it away. I, I honestly could have given this away at the beginning. J.J. McCarthy was number one. He's QB1. QB1 is going to be most important player on most football teams, especially for this Michigan team because of his leadership, uh, because of his of his high ceiling. I mean, he was a five-star recruit. I've seen him pop up as a first-round or top 50 NFL draft prospect. But all of those kind of came with the caveat, can he make the leap? And so I don't think it's surprising that he came in number one. You and I both had him number one. I pulled about 135 of our subscribers, and 93% of them had him at number one. And only two voters didn't have him in the top three. So he's not particularly surprising. I imagine we'll talk about him a lot over the summer. Will Johnson was number two, and that might, that was a little bit of a surprise or a little bit contentious among fans. He only beat out Blake Corum barely, but you and I both had him number two. That also doesn't surprise me a ton, just positional need. He's a five-star recruit, uh, was a all-American fresh or freshman all-American, I should say. Uh, And then toward the end of the season, he started playing like an all-Big Ten cornerback. So not too surprising, especially given, you know, the question marks about the rest of the cornerback room. Not too surprising that he is viewed as the second most important player on this team. I mean, if they lose him, hypothetically, I think that secondary and that in that cornerback room suddenly becomes a a major question mark and a, a you know, a little bit of a maybe not a red flag, but an orange flag where you just don't know exactly what some of the other backup cornerbacks are going to bring because they lost Javon Green, they lost DJ Turner and, and the guys who are 
not named Will Johnson and Mike Sainer still in that cornerback room. I've uh, played about 156 snaps in their careers. I mean, it's a it's a pretty surprisingly low number. But Steve, I, I think the first discussion I felt like it came at number three. So in our final ballot, it was Blake Corum who came in number three. Not surprising. Heisman candidate probably could have. I think there's a scenario where he could have won the Heisman last year had he stayed healthy. Um, you know, it's hard not to imagine Michigan succeeds a little bit more in the red zone against TCU. And that ultimately was a six point loss. So he seems very, very important. But I, I think you and I both voted for Chris Jenkins and then a couple other players who got some votes. Uh, Junior Colson, Zach Zinter. I think Rod Moore has a little bit of a, a claim to number three. So I guess in your mind, how does that hierarchy sort out? And and ultimately, what led to you picking Jenkins at number three over other proven players like Junior Colson, Blake Corum, Zach Zinter, and so on? So first thing, real quick, because it should be made clear to listeners, users, uh, this list was compiled before Michigan got Josh Wallace, correct, Zach? So, yes, the transfer yes. from UMass. So, you know, I think he'd be somewhere up there, but there's still, regardless if Johnson goes down, there's still question marks at that second cornerback spot as, as nice of an addition as Josh Wallace was a uh, little bit of a leap from UMass, to the big 10, but with Jenkins, I mean, I think it was really, uh, I think it's more about the premium uh, you know, that, that winning teams at a championship level have elite interior defensive line play. Jenkins is going to be Michigan's top guy there. Uh, he's another guy that's getting first round buzz in the NFL draft next year and a guy who's, you know, he's really the whole package. Uh, he's gradually ascended every season. He's played better every year. Like I said, he was a guy that in my opinion, I thought had a, had an argument to leave. You know, I think he's a guy that I don't, I don't know where he would he have did. landed. The people I've talked to have said he received a top 100 NFL draft right? grade. I mean, he was, so. I, I, again, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, I I've always been a big fan of his. I, if, if you've ever listened to this podcast or been on the site, I've always been high on, what he can do. Uh, but, you know, I guess my thought is I look at, you know, him say versus like a quorum, you know, well, Donovan Edwards was number five. So in a right. way, I think that as like, again, having both those guys healthy is, is massive for the variety of things that Michigan can throw at you offensively. But we did see Michigan dominate Ohio state offensively and on the ground without Blake Corum um, last season. You know, so I, I would put Jenkins ahead. I would really, it's it's those it's those top defensive guys almost. You talk about Colson. I think Michigan is strong at linebacker, but they're not deep. You know, if a Col- if Colson was another guy like Will Johnson, if he was to get hurt, then Michigan's linebacker, there's a lot of questions there. Like, you know, there is talent behind him, but there's not much experience. So, uh, and you could almost say the same with Rod Moore, although I do feel a little bit better about like a Zeke Barry or a couple of the other guys they have in the wings there. Uh, even a Quentin Johnson, right. Who played, ended up playing quite a few snaps by the end of the yep. season last year. Like, right. It feels like a, there's a little bit more there. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I thought to me, I thought the top three were pretty easy and, and I'm, it blows my mind that no, somebody didn't have McCarthy number one and that there were people that didn't have him in the top three. Um, okay. So I went and looked at the ballots and they were they were very offensive line heavy. I think there were two voters who, and again, this is out of 135. Sure, but 
you'll, you'll get a laugh at this because Jenkins actually fell on the fan list. He's one of the players. We'll talk about him in a moment. Like why are fans sleeping on him? He came in seventh in the fan ballot and it, it hmm. was, it was a lot of people I think just forgot about him. Sure. The old and, Mo Hurst. Remember, yeah, when I forgot like, to dra- remember when I forgot to draft Mo Hurst in our spring, <laughs> we forgot to draft Mo Hurst in our spring game thing. I remember he messaged me after that. Like, <laughs> thanks for forgetting thanks for right. forgetting about me <laughs> but uh you know so it was funny because one of the ballots that had mccarthy i mean they had him like 11th because he this this voter put like five offensive linemen five defensive linemen forgot chris jenkins too which i thought was especially impressive like he's making this big stand about you know it's all about play. the tr- yeah french play <laughs> and omitted chris jenkins yeah the mccarthy i mean i think i think there's who knows? Maybe it was just two out of one thirty-five. That that to me just feels like an outlier. Sure, uh, but situation. but don't you think he's like he's he is number one? But I mean, you talk about you know this is a team with championship aspirations. The drop off from one to two is very big for yes. Michigan. They have a lot of guys, but I mean, more than most programs, the drop off from one to two is pretty iffy right I mean you even look at Ohio State you have McCord who's probably gonna be the starter but I mean it sounds like Devin Brown has at least pushed him Mm -hmm. you know so I mean McCarthy to me is is number one like by I think there's like a decent size gap between number one and number two just because of a what you said about his ceiling and his ability but b you know no offense to the other guys on there I just you know does Michigan run the table without JJ McCarthy I, I don't really think there's a chance they do so um yeah you know, I think, so I think, right. I think it's in both directions. If he makes the leap and is a top five, top 10 quarterback in the country this season, I think you and I both really like Michigan's chances to play in the national championship game and would like their chances to at least hang around in that game. If McCarthy missed the whole season, I think you and I would both kind of be thinking this might be a eight and four, nine and three type season. I mean, that's a, that's a really big swing and I'd have to really sit down and look at, you know, Jack Tuttle and Davis Warren and, and Alex Orgy, what, what they can do. Uh, but yeah, I think this is, this is a year, some years, this is a debate, right? Last year, junior Colson led the list, but it was, it was contentious. Uh, you know, McCarthy got a lot of votes. Cade McNamara got a few votes. Uh, and but Junior Colson ended up winning. And some years it's player, other players on the defense, or or you know I think in, in a lot of years Blake Corum would lead this list. But I think both McCarthy's ceiling and Michigan's floor without McCarthy, I think makes him a, a pretty easy choice number one. So I was with you on Chris Jenkins being number three. I, I think anyone who's listened to this podcast, yeah, like this is not. New. In fact, we were probably promoting Chris Jenkins as a potential first rounder before NFL scouts were even looking at his film. Uh, you know, he's they call him the mutant. Michigan strength and conditioning staff does. You know, he's he was extremely good. I mean, he was maybe the best run stopping defensive lineman in the country last season at 285 pounds, and now he's at 309 pounds. I mean, it's just it's it's crazy to think about what he was able to do last season 54 tackles 31 run stops you know he was he was a force um and he's trying to add a pass rush you know and and I think what jumps out to me is that for a long time he was kind of like undersized at defensive tackle at that position but he always had the strength he never looked out muscled 
and he never looked out techniqued or out leveraged. And now he he kind of has that that mass to him too. So I'm very fascinated to see, you know, the kind of player he can become this year. And not was not surprised to see him on some All American, and then eventually ESPN is mocking him 22nd, I think, right now. And um, we'll see what happens. But I think he, I expect him to land on that freak list uh, that that the Athletic does every year. And I I kind of expect him to be a first round draft pick. I think. I think this is a, a prime opportunity for him, but I could totally see the argument for other players because Mason Graham actually made the top 10 of this list and Kenneth Grant actually made the top 25. And I think Rayshon Benny is a player slept on. So there's actually some depth at that defensive tackle position. Chris Jenkins has the most experience, but I think I can make an argument for Rod Moore. And you mentioned, I mean, they, they have other safeties, Quentin Johnson, Zeke Barry. Uh, you know, Keon Sab, Caden Colasar has played, and then obviously Makari Page. But I think, I think with RJ Moton's departure, and the more I look at Rod Moore's season last year, I mean, he was he was extremely good. He was a top eight safety in the country last year. Uh, I don't, I don't really care what the awards or the all big, t- you know, all, I don't really care about all that. If you look at his his tackle rate, uh, his coverage ability. And then his ability to to you know fill in and stop the run, I mean he was a an extremely good safety last season. I kind of view him as a player who will start to climb up those draft boards. I don't know where who has him where right now. It might be too early, but i I kind of anticipate he'll be a top three safety in the draft next year. So I think he's someone, and that's I know Zach Zinter has all American potential. He might be a top five offensive lineman in the country heading into this season. You know, he's on a lot of all American lists. This is a pretty crowded top six or seven, uh, more so than, than even some of Michigan's good teams over the years. I mean, this is a, you know, this is what happens when a bunch of star players come back end up, you end up having potential all Americans come in six or seventh on the list. And, and so uh, very fascinated by it, but, but yeah, I think Chris Jenkins is number three, and I actually went with Rod Moore number four, just because I I think that there's there's a sneaky amount of unknown in that safety room if something were to happen to Rod Moore or Makari Page. But that's that's kind of how we th- see things at the top. Steve, I think we should both talk about the players who who came in a lot higher on our rankings than the overall ballot. And for you, I I identified three players who. You had pretty high. I don't think you had them crazy high, but you just had them higher than the overall ballot. Derek Moore, uh, Michael Barrett, and Trevor Keegan. You know, of those three, or or I guess you could talk about all three, but but who kind of jumps out to you as as someone you would really stump for heading into uh, fall camp and and the season ahead? Uh, I'd probably say Derek Moore. I mean, you know, I think Trevor Keegan. I think his value is is. Again, a very high-level offensive, but uh, a constant, a guy that they can count on. I think there's value in that. I think that's maybe why I had him uh, a little bit higher. And then Michael, with Michael Barrett, it was really it, it is it's veteran presence in a in a relatively young linebacker. I mean, I know Colson's in his third year as well, but but a lot of the guys behind them that that depth or the lack of depth that we talk about, um, very young, very inexperienced still. So you know, I like the idea of Barrett coming back for another year uh, alongside Colson. Yeah, maybe Ernest Hausman. We'll see who emerges out of that group. But uh, for I think me, all I think, three are going to be important, though. 
Right. Absolutely. So. I mean, like, because I, like I said, I think more than almost any position, I think there's just, I think the depth there is, is I think it's quietly as much of a concern as the cornerback situation is, especially mm. after they got Wallace out of the portal at corner. Right. I mean, I just think Michigan, you know, they're an injury away from, from, you know, again, there's talent, but no experience. So you don't know what you're going to get. If you have to put another guy right. in there, you, you maybe you'll hit, uh, but there's just no certainty there. So, but with more, I think he has the, he's the guy with the high ceiling. I, I like how he looked last season. I know Michigan is, is very, very high on what he can do this year. Uh, he is, he's what I, I, I almost, I look at him as sort of your classic NFL defensive ends type body, you know, not, you're seeing a lot of guys nowadays uh, recruited and being impactful at edge is like sort of that a slightly larger linebacker who's really fast, yeah. <laughs> you know, it can get some low bend. Uh, Derek Moore is much more of your, well, he's more like Mike Morris, I guess would be the best way to put it. But I, I think my opinion, uh, I think Moore has a higher ceiling uh, than what Mike Morris had. So, you know, again, I think both he and Braden McGregor have a really legitimate chance to take a nice leap this season, but, but, but I've always been a little bit higher on, on what Derek Moore can do. And I think the coaches, like I said, are expecting some, some legitimate things out of him this year. Yeah. I think of, I mean, you, I'm sure there's a few players who are similarly, but like, I just remember the way coaches and players were talking about Derek Moore this spring. It was, it was more than, Oh, such and such is stepping up. It was like, Oh yeah, he's here. You know, this is, this is a player who, I mean, he was a top 100 recruit. He, you watch his film. I see a lot of comparisons. You you mentioned Mike Morris. I see a lot of comparisons to Rashawn Gary. Um, and I think I don't know his testing times or what, you know, he would look like at a combine, but, but uh, you know, quietly very impactful on a pretty deep in a pretty deep edge room last season. And, you know, I was looking through history and, and this is a little bit of a shout out to Mason Graham too. Uh, Michigan has not had a true freshman get multiple sacks as a true freshman since Craig Rowe. And they had Derek Moore uh, and Mason Graham both did that last season. So I, you know, to me, those are two players who physically are ahead of schedule um, who already kind of have some of the technique, the leverage, the hand placement down and, and can be easy choices. If you want to sound impressive to your friends, easy choices for breakout players uh, this coming fall. So a couple players, I was higher on, and and I kind of already t- tipped at it with with Rod Moore, uh, but Makari Page too. I was very surprised. We'll talk about the fan vote in a second. He came in twenty fourth in the fan ballot. I mean, this is a guy who's pretty much an automatic starter. Was a top ten coverage safety last season. You know, I think think him and RJ Moten split time, and Moten was a little bit more of their choice as a run stopper. But but Page had a great breakout season last fall. And I think uh, he's someone that I, I think has an NFL future. I don't know, not going to make any bold proclamations just yet on where he'll be drafted, but, but six foot four uh, tackles the way he does great in coverage. I mean, he just has great coverage instincts in my opinion. And and it was to the point where teams kind of stopped throwing at him. You know, if he was wherever he was lined up, that no longer became the read uh, or, the, or the guy that they were going to throw to. So, and then one other player, who I was I was higher on than than the rest of the voters was Ladarius Henderson and 
and I'll admit that's a little bit of a swing. That's not one I'm, I'm, you know, 100% sure on because he hasn't practiced with Michigan yet, but he probably would have been drafted this spring had he gone. I mean, he was invited to the East West Shrine Bowl, which is where Luke Schoonmaker and Jake Moody played. He was a captain and he started 29 games at the power five level before he turned 21. So to me, you know, and, and I know 24 seven sports, they ranked him the number 18 transfer out of 3,300. So, you know, our, our national team of analysts are pretty high in him too, but you know, his positional versatility at guard and tackle his pass protection, he was better in pass pro last season at guard than Zach Zinter was. And so that's, you know, and, and, you know, run blocking is probably somewhere where, especially if he's moving to tackle, uh, I am kind of curious to see what his next step looks like. But, you know, even in a deep offensive line room, he's a player that I'm a little bit higher on than, than it sounds like the rest, which I, I'm not, I don't think that either side is wrong, right? Because he was the one player. I actually, James Turner was the other player, but, but, you know, only a couple of these players haven't actually practiced with Michigan so far. But with that, we're going to take a quick break on the other side. We'll look at the fan ballot, not the whole ballot, but we'll look at some players we think fans might be sleeping on. And then we'll take a look at who didn't make this top 25, who might end the season in that top 25 and maybe even in that top 15, top 10. You're listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Thanks for waiting. So, Steve, I I sent you a few names that jumped out to me in the fan ballot for players Michigan fans might be sleeping on, and and the, you know there are certainly some some fans. You you, you ask enough fans, you're going to get the whole spectrum. But but a, a, I sent you a few that jumped out that surprised me at how low they were. We talked about Chris Jenkins. Fans voted him seventh. You and I had him third. Uh, we talked about Rod Moore. I had him fourth. I, I don't remember exactly where you had him, but the fans had him at 11th. Who else on that list that I sent you jumps out as maybe surprisingly low to you and in, in that maybe the fans are either forgetting this player or underestimating the value that they're going to bring to the team this fall? A uh, couple. I know <clears throat> another one we already discussed who I think, and I, I think I may have even had him a little bit too low, and I think it is sort of that uh... – some guys you just kind of forget about. I don't know if it's because they're just, I don't know, they're very low key, I guess. You don't like, uh, but a Makari Page at 24, I think you said the fans had him at 24. Yep. Um, I think, I even think 
and I'd have to know where I put him because I'm wondering if I had him in a similar spot. But I think Sane was still at 13 is actually kind of low. Uh, so real quick, just just so yep. you know, you had Sane was still 11th. Okay. And you had Makari Page 19th, I believe. Okay. I probably, thinking on it, I probably would have had Page higher than that for sure. But 19 is better than 24. I mean, 24 is <laughs> to start both your starting lineups. Right. And both your punter and kicker. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, he should not be 24th. But even I think 19 is a little bit low. Um, because, as you said, he he actually quietly played at a very high level last season. But those Do are the big, yeah, those. It's like, I mean, he was not like super talkative with the media. That's what I mean. I think I plays what, a role or. There's a com. I think there's sometimes there is a common denominator with some of these guys that sort of get forgotten, you know, in these types of situations because you know they're they're they don't play a flashy position necessarily. Guys who maybe play solid throughout the season but don't make like a one of the more memorable plays of the year. You know, you think of Sainer still knocking the ball out of Stover's hands in the end zone. I think that was that was one of the biggest plays of the biggest game of the year. Um, just, I think there's a lot of different factors that can go into, yeah. How kind of, you're kind of getting into the, how is a guy, how does the guy become underrated or, or overrated, you know? And I think the, one of the biggest things about being underrated is, yeah, you're not, you're not necessarily in the public eye or public discussion, uh, very often. I mean, on our board over time, pretty much every guy in the team gets discussed or talked about at some point, but, but in the general, within the general public or the general talk of, of Michigan football, you know, like I said, you don't, Macari page is not one of the first names you hear. So, you know, I think that can kind of uh, manifest itself in stuff like this, where maybe they're, maybe they're not thought about as much as other guys. So, um, and you think about the Joe Moore award and stuff. So like all five offensive linemen are going to be probably within your top 15 or 20. Um, maybe even sick. I want to say, like, wasn't Carson Barnhart number 25 or 24 in the overall? So yeah. you have, what, five or six guys in the top 25? I think so. there's a starting five, because I think Zinter. Did Barnhart Graham, finish ahead of Jones? He did. Fascinating. That's an interesting. Well, he, he did start nine games last yeah. season. No, Jones I agree. started five, I think, so. But going back to the fan deal, yeah, no, I think I think the the – well, I mean, I had Keegan Barrett. I had Keegan and Barrett higher than they did. So those are two, like I said, that I think I would probably have a little bit higher. But uh, I think we, yeah, I, I think the biggest thing, though, is I think once you get to like 15 through 25, I think there's a lot of arguments uh, in a lot of directions there. But I think that getting the top 10 or so is, like I said, I just have a hard time not putting. And I even like, like I said, like, I don't think the depth at safety is as much a concern as it is at linebacker and, and at cornerback. But, but even then, I mean, it's, it's hard not to have Rod Moore in the top six or seven, you know, uh, just because of how high of a level he played at last season. So, you know, and again, to me, it, it, it's, it's McCarthy, Johnson and Jenkins. And then, and again, Blake Corum, Blake Corum might be their best player, but doesn't mean you're the most important because right. I think, like I said, I think, like I said, I think there's a big gap from one to two, but I think there's a decent size gap from three to four also because number five is also a very talented running back who may actually end up getting drafted higher than Blake Corum will next season. So 
you know, I, I that's, you know, I think we did a, I, I would pat us on the back a little bit for the top of the <laughs> list. I, but, but again, you get to 15 or so and it can, it can become very interchangeable. You're predicting breakouts, you're predicting, um, yes. you know, that type of deal. But, but overall the gist of it, I think we were mostly on the same page. Yeah. I think I I've noticed over the years, I think the fans really underrate safeties. Yep. And, and I think that was true. Like Brad Hawkins, I felt like was underrated. I felt like Josh Metellus got way more flack than he should have gotten. Um, you could, you could go back to Delano Hill. I mean, these are, these are players who I think Michigan fans, I don't know if it's the dynamic of the safety position. I don't know if it's like the lack of constant involvement in a play. Cause really if your safety is leading your team in tackles, you probably had a bad game defensively. Uh, I don't know if that's part of it, but, but so I think the safeties and, you know, Sainra still, I think is another player. I mean, he's not quite in that same boat, but, but I think those kind of players tend to get underrated. I think offensive linemen get underrated. Zach Zinter, I don't think was by the fans, but Trevor Keegan coming in at 16 uh, for, you know, player who was first team all big 10 last year and was a part of two Joe Moore award winning offensive lines. Uh, little, Little surprising. I I had him lower than you did, but at the same time, you know, I think he's someone that you know he's going to make a difference on this team. Uh, I think maybe offensive line depth does come into play there as well. I mean, you bring in Ladarius Henderson, you have Giovanni El Hadi. Uh, you know, maybe maybe that does kind of similar to Blake Corum. He doesn't mean you're a worse player; it just means that in terms of Michigan fully counting on you. Uh, for everything that that gets diluted a little bit, um, and then you know one other player that I'm I'm curious about, you know Drake Nugent at 12, if he is as good as he seems to be on paper, uh, he might be underrated as well. I mean, this is a guy who's getting some first some preseason All American buzz, and Michigan really, I mean, they really felt like they got a, a star here. And and he's maybe he's kind of like the Michael Barrett, Mike Sainer still, you know, the, since he was a low rated recruit, I wonder if that plays a role too. Cause I do notice the fans, a lot of times it's like the, the five star, the high, highly rated recruits end up getting a little bit of a bump and, and we are a recruiting site. So that's probably plays a role into it. I mean, these are players our our subscribers have been, uh, you know, fans of for years and years, but you know, Nugent is another player among those on the fan ballot that I thought might be, might be a touch low at, at, at 12. That might actually be, it, it's not like it's six spots too low, but if he really is one of the best centers in the country this season, and, and he was, he was pretty good last season as a run blocking center. You know, he's, he was a captain at Stanford started for two years and he's going to play a big role in this offensive line one way or another, right. With the pre-snap communications with his football IQ and then Michael Barrett at 22, and you kind of talked about Barrett. I think, I think House Ernest Houseman's arrival kind of lowered Barrett's ranking a bit, but I also think his breakout season last fall kind of got overlooked. Uh, you know, he had a really productive season as a as a cover linebacker, as a pass rusher, as a tackler. I mean, he really was a multifaceted force on Michigan's defense. Who who quietly, I mean, you know, if we had said this time a year ago. Hey, Michael Barrett's going to be second on the team in tackles. I mean, I think everyone would have been surprised. So I think he's he's another player at 22 that's a little underrated. All right, last topic. Who not in this top 25 
could end up there in midseason. And I'm not just talking about, you know, maybe being like 24, 25. Like who really could climb? Because I think I think the most famous omission we had was David Ajabo in 2021. I think he was like 28th on that in that year's ballot. Ended up obviously being a first team all Big Ten player, uh, first round draft pick. So that's that's maybe the extreme level or second round draft pick, but you guys get the idea. That might be an extreme level of of omission, but you know, there's a few players that jump out to me. But Steve, who who not in the final top twenty five? Sounds like Trent Day Jones is one, but but you know, who not in the top twenty five do you think has a really good chance to be there by say mid October? Yeah, there are a few candidates. I mean, I, I just feels like the interior of Michigan's defensive line is both deep and super talented. I mean, because Rayshon Benny is the first name. Yeah, that pops up to me as a guy that could really end up. It, it, it's you know, like you look at Mason Graham. I think it can do both. Can get to the passer. Can get can stop the run. Uh, I think Benny could be that guy who could almost be a pass rush specialist from the inside. Um, sort of like what Mo Hurst kind of was now he's not I don't know if he's quite as explosive or um you know as Mo was but he's a guy another one who I think is obviously a little bit more quietly ascended and has been has been played has played plenty of high pressure snaps at this point in his career and is a guy now who's going to be coming in to spell you know whether it be Jenkins or Graham or whoever you know and I think is a guy that's really going to give offensive lines major problems. I mean, you're talking between, and then I know he's ranked, but another guy who I think could, could, could potentially skyrocket up there is, is Kenneth Grant because Kenneth Grant has mm-hmm. all of the tools to he, he, by the end of his career, he may end up being the best of all these guys, honestly. I mean, that that's, and that's, you know, just, he has the size speed stuff that you can't teach for a kid uh, at that position. So, uh, but yeah, I think Rayshon's a guy I really would expect to see, I think he's a guy that will make some big plays for them throughout the season. And a guy I think we'll be talking more about, um, you know, as things go on. Biggest name for me. And then the other one probably would be, I think Josiah Stewart's a guy that's going to get a lot of opportunities to get to the yeah. quarterback. Uh, you know, again, Michigan relatively deep at edge. Uh, but but I still think there's there's an opportunity for a third down pass rush specialist to make a major impact on a game-by-game basis. And, and honestly – uh, a guy put up numbers that put up big numbers at a smaller school, but a guy who I think Michigan believes is going to, is not going to have as much of a difficulty translating as maybe some other guys coming from smaller schools. Yeah. He, and, and I think the pass rushing part is the key with, with Josiah Stewart. It almost kind of reminds me of 2018. Remember, I mean, Michigan had Chase Winovich, they had Rashawn Gary, but then Josh Uche ended up leading the team in sacks, if I'm not mistaken. And, and it was because, you know, he was able to to really capitalize at high rate on those passing downs, on those, you know, third and long type situations. And and he, it sounds like he'll back up Jalen Harrell kind of at that Sam, or I think they call it the boundary edge. So he'll be asked to do some coverage stuff too. But, but uh, yeah, I think he could end up having more sacks than, you know, some of these more established defensive uh, edge players and defensive linemen. I agree with you all the way on Rayshon Benny. Uh, another player who I think could climb this list if he were to win the starting job is, is Miles Hinton. I mean, he's, he's got, I mean, he was at one point he was a five-star recruit. I think he fell toward the end of his recruitment, but 
you know, hearing him kind of talk about how he really discovered, I guess, his passion for football like last year, which sounds crazy given the success that that he has had. But it sounds like the light mentally kind of turned on for him. And and I think, you know, hearing Drake Nugent talk about him, it's like what you know, he'd always said, once the light turns on, this is a guy who could be all Big Ten, you know, NFL draft pick kind of player. So he's someone I'm keeping an eye on. I just don't know if he's going to win a starting job in fall camp with Trente Jones, with Carson Barnhart, with Ladarius Henderson at that offensive tackle spot. But he's he's got the length. He's got the athleticism. Uh, he's got the hands, uh, the size. And, and you know, he was someone that kind of – he wasn't really thinking of football as, as his future. And, and so I think, uh, you know, he was someone that – you know, now that the lights turned on for him, now that he is viewing football in that way, I'm very fascinated to hear about his fall camp. And then would be remiss if we didn't talk about the cornerbacks, Josh Wallace, the UMass transfer that you mentioned, Amarian Walker, uh, crazy athletic and so athletic Michigan, it, you know, was kind of viewing him in the spring as like, hey, you got to try cornerback because you could end up being uh, an absolute star at this position. And then I think Jaden McBurrows is is someone he didn't play a defensive snap last season, but the year before, I mean, he was kind of starting to look like that next DJ Turner. And, and it sounds like injuries kind of derailed that, but that also happened to DJ Turner. And then in year three, that was kind of when he had his breakout and blossomed a little bit. Uh, so I'm, I, you know, got to think whoever starts among those three will probably be top 25 in importance. You know, even, even if the three of them are similar, uh, someone's going to play a key role. Someone's going to make a lot of key plays for Michigan this fall. And then one other one, AJ Barner, you know, Colson Loveland got a, got a lot of love in this list. I think he ended up top. I think he ended up 12th. And and I think the fans had him. Yeah. The fans had him eighth. So still kind of think AJ Barner could make an impact as well. I mean, he's a captain at Indiana um, had pretty good numbers. If you consider how bad Indiana's offense was. So that's one more. All right, Steve, any anyone else, any names on this list that that are worth noting or worth discussing uh, before we wrap this up? I don't think so. Yeah, I wanted to make a point about Kenneth Grant. I, I kind of made it. Um, we'll see. You know, corner is always an interesting spot with Josh Wallace, too. Right. He's going to get an opportunity. I would I would imagine he's probably going to go into fall camp as the favorite to win that second cornerback spot, at least to start out. I know the post, I think I posted on Amari and Walker like a month or so ago uh, that, you know, the, the battle has been to keep his head up because, you know, he struggled in the spring game. Uh, but Michigan is still convinced that he is going to be a star at the cornerback spot and that he's a guy that we're going to see a lot more of in October and November. I think he's a guy you'll see, you know, given the ease of the early schedule, probably a guy we will see quite a bit in those games as well. But as far as like, you know, we may actually see him making an impact uh, in the second half of the season. So, you know, and that's, that's the benefit of ha- like, you know, this is maybe the most talented team of Michigan's that we've covered. Right. Zach. I mean, it's gotta be, um, I'd say that's so. what that, right. Yeah. So, I mean, so we cap it at 25, but yeah, there are about between 30 and 32 guys who, you know, have a say and, and I, on those six or seven guys, all of whom we've pretty much talked about at this point, that are outside of the top 25 all could very well be there at the end of the year, you know? Uh, and then the other guy, I think that's always perennially perennially underrated is Jalen Harrell as well. Um, 
not a not the not known for his pass rushing ability, but what he had two sacks in the Big Ten title game, right? Uh, but right. has right has been super dependable and is elite against the run. So, what is my thought? My thought is that Jalen Harrell has probably been working really hard at his and his pass rush this off season because he knows how to stop the run already. So, you know, another guy who's a vet, but there is room for growth there still. So, another guy that maybe you sort of keep in the back pocket and say, uh, you know, cause we have, we've seen guys emerge this late in their career plenty of mm-hmm. times. And especially, at the edge I was going to say, especially yeah. at that position. Right. So um, yeah, no, that's, I think that's one of the most fascinating things about this, this season's team is there's just make your pick for a guy who could break out. Cause there really are a lot of guys who could, um, you know, even the Jimmy, a Jimmy Rolder at linebacker, second year guy who, who played a lot, last year for a first year guy does he take off under chris partridge you know um he wouldn't be at the top of my list but again another one i think you can put in your back pocket micah pollard's a guy we've heard always heard good things about as far as uh what michigan's defensive staff has believed so um yeah uh again quite a bit of guys particularly offense michigan's pretty lot loaded pretty strong you know, across the board defensively, they're very strong, but the, what's interesting about the defense is there are, there are so many names and like possibilities of guys who could emerge that uh, I think that's going to be one of the interesting storylines during fall camp in the early part of the season. Yeah. I think a lot of people look at the offensive line in the run game as the key to Michigan success last two seasons. And I don't disagree with that, but I think an underrated part is how many defensive players have gone from unheralded or or not starters to like star level players and and overnight NFL draft prospects. And, and I'm not saying that these two are necessarily going to be that way, but I think two players who just jumped out to me when I was doing these write-ups, because I did write-ups on all the top 25, but Harold was definitely one where I'm like, you know, he's produced a lot more than I think he's getting credit for the past couple of You know, he, he started 12 games last year. He led the edge room in snaps. He was second in pressures. Um, you know, everyone knows about the two sacks in the Big Ten championship game, but he was he was highly involved from start to finish uh, on that team. And and then Michael Barrett was another player where I started to like put together his stats and like look over kind of how he looked in in some of Michigan's biggest games. It's like, man, this is a guy who who he wasn't just, you know, an unsung hero. I mean, he was a very, very valuable piece to the defense. So it will be fascinating. I'm sure we'll do a podcast in the, uh, the later on this month looking at the biggest breakout players or predicting the biggest breakout players for Michigan this fall. But, but yeah, always a fun list to put together this most important. Cause I think it combines everything best player uh, breakout potential positional need. It, it is, it is a fun way to look at it. I always appreciate the people who contribute to the vote because if I just did mine, I'm sure tons of people would disagree, but this way, you know, there's, there's a little bit of strength in numbers and we can see, uh, you know, who is consistently at the top, who's, sometimes on the top on one list, but not, not everyone's sold. And, and, you know, who, who is someone that could, that could continue to elevate up that list. So that's going to do it for this podcast for Steve Renz. I'm Zach Shaw. Be sure to check out all of our stories, including the most important players collection of stories over at the Michigan insider.com, Michigan.247sports.com. This has been the Wolverine 24 seven podcast. We'll see you next time.